Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm much better than last time we recorded. Guess who's joined me again? Ooh, back for his uh, podcast comeback. Exactly, yeah, small fairy man. Peter, what is different about last week's recording and this week's recording from the previous 306 episodes? About me. Uh, I, what? And listeners, if you can tell as well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm wearing my glasses. Oh, wow. For the first uh, time podca- ever. Podcast first for last week's episode and, and this episode. No yeah. more glasses. There you go. If you're feeling like my takes are more refined, maybe wiser, slightly more intellectual, then you're very much mistaken. Okay, Peter. <laughs> There's not even a glass in the, in the frames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I say glasses, I've just drawn with pen on my face. <laughs> it's one of those ones with like a fake nose and moustache attached. <laughs> okay, right. Should I spit? Should Cue I spit? You are patrons posting various pictures of <laughs> right, should Allison. I, should I spin glasses? the wheel? Please. Okay, today we've got Rogue. Okay, let's do it. Yes. Would you like to go first or second? I can't remember. I think I went first last week. I think you did. So I think it's you to go first this week. So first we have a unique card. Wow, a unique ally to start. Bianca, the cats. Does that mean the cats? Uh, I don't think it does. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, vo- the voice would be my guess, something like that. Die cats. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's the, the Bart, the <laughs> yeah, singing your song. This is a two-cost level zero asset. Of course, it's level zero with an agility icon. Ally, criminal, and socialite traded. Limit one per deck. I realise something we've forgotten to do, but that's fine. Uses ten resources. Does mean the cat. Action. Exhaust Bianca de Cats. Parley. Move X resources from Bianca de Cats to your resource pool. X cannot be more than five. Test agility X. So let's say we're moving five. It can't be more than five. We're testing agility five. If you fail, remember you owe Bianca X resources. (laughs) Then search your bonded cards for the Bianca Dicat's enemy (laughs) and spawn her at your location. Remove this card from the game. God, this is a reader. Two health, one sanity. Takes up, and we've also forgotten to talk about Alessandra Zorzi just to make it. Oh God, yeah. Let's finish this card and then we'll do a quick check in with Alessandra. Parlays, that's all we're thinking about. Ten resources, you can parlay with her, so that means you can do this while there's an enemy on you to grab up to five resources off her, but then you're testing agility whatever the number of resources you took. And if you fail, the other Bianca turns up at your location. Yeah, okay. And yeah, well, she, she's removed well. from the game anyway, but she would yeah. she would disappear when yes. the, the weakness came in, I think. So the, the weakness version, I think... We should double check that because you, when you play a unique card, when there's already a unique one in play, the one you're trying to play gets discarded. It doesn't bump the other one. Yeah, that's right. Is, yes. Yeah. But I, I, but th- I don't know if, about weaknesses. I think I'm weaknesses sure, overwrites that. Yeah, I think I think weaknesses all will bump player cards out. I think. Okay. Because this this was that. the case. We were speculating about man in the red gloves or the red glove man. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Before um, Scarlet Keys, yeah. weren't we? So there's also Bianca Decat's weakness. 
Three fight, three health, three evade, humanoid criminal socialite. So ally has become humanoid. Bonded to the other version, hunter. Prey bearer only. Action. If you owe Bianca X resources, which is what you've written down if you failed the test, Mm -hmm. uh, what you remembered rather, spend X resources, parlay, add Bianca to the victory display. Forced, when Bianca de Katz leaves play, except by the above ability, shuffle her into your deck. Wow. She's victory zero and hits for two damage. So, so fun fact, you don't have to pass the test to take the money. you just got to no. pass the test to not be hunted down. So, yeah. ba- basically, you probably don't want to fail the first one, because then that's you lose the remaining resources. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you can pass right. one of those tests... Yeah. Five resources, buddy. That's assuming you're doing five and five, yeah. So, Alessandra is the rogue investigator in this set. She's the countess, and she gets an additional action each turn, which can be used to parlay, and her deck building is rogue zero to five, neutral zero to five, and cards with parlay zero to five. So that was actually very easy to do. So she could be doing it using her bonus action as well. You could do something cheeky like take two, take three, and then do the take five, you know, particularly if you're getting a bonus action to do it. Mm -hmm. That's not, not bad. You also, we're talking about Rogue here, you can stack agility no problem with the moon, with, you know, manual dexterity, other cards with agility icons. Maybe you just take five twice, and if you pass the test twice, no bad thing. You know, it's like, say you're doing this in Kaimani, they can easily pass an agility five twice, sitting on their head. That's kind of cool. I think the flavour of the weakness is awesome, that you can just pay her back. Yeah, yeah. But also, if you don't pay her back, she keeps coming, which is like lovely. It's really, really cool. What a, what an opening card. It is, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so what springs to mind for me for a large influx of cash quite quickly is like a big money deck mm-hmm. and potentially then using Well Connected to pass the, the test. Yeah. So Yeah, you get plus one for the, three for actions, the first five. Three actions to net seven resources. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's that's not bad for zero XP, and then you've got mm-hmm. a little bit of soak as well. To net eight resources, right? Pay two. Yeah. 10. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Super good. I'm. I'm like impressed, and I'm sure there'll be people who say, "Look, it's too much risk," but I think it's it's fun. Really fun. It's a really, really fun card. I think just yeah. a lovely, fun thing to play with. I yeah. like that a lot. And is that? Oh, it's um, our old friend Magali Villeneuve who's done the, yeah. the art on the. Player card version. Yeah. Like, Do you want to move us on? She's ally criminal socialite, but then she becomes a humanoid when she becomes. Yeah, she's no longer an ally. Yeah. <laughs> I am now a humanoid. Uh, let's move on, yes. So we have Blackmail File, which we have seen. This, we have, was yeah. this previewed by someone? The Card Game Cooperative. Yes, this was, yes, Card Game Cooperative, as Frank's just said. So Blackmail File, it is a two cost asset with a single willpower icon. It has item, tome, illicit traits, and says, Action, choose a non-elite enemy at your location. Parlay. Test X willpower, where X is that enemy's printed health value. If you succeed, the enemy disengages from each investigator and gains aloof until the end of the round. Okay. Uh, uh, So, like a super evade, really, but on a tome. But the enemy doesn't exhaust. They just disengage and then float around. That feels to me like the crux of this card. Why would you want an enemy to still be ready 
but just not engaged with anyone. And I'm guessing maybe for like elusive purposes. Well, you can just walk, walk away. But you could just walk away if the enemy exhausted. Sure, but if, if it's engaged with someone else or yeah. engaged with everyone, if it's massive. Yeah. Oh, how does? Uh, I'm sure this was asked when this card was <laughs> was announced. Mm-hmm. How how do aloof and massive interact? Massive is considered engaged with everyone at its location, so I think it just like. What does aloof say? Aloof is you have to take an action to fight it to engage and it. It doesn't automatically engage. I don't know if that works. I think that's a nombe. Do you see what I... so? So yeah, so one thing you can do with this is you don't need to be engaged with the enemy to evade it, and I'm doing bunny ears around evade because this is a parlay instead. Mm -hmm. You miss out on some of the benefits of an evade vis-a-vis the enemy being exhausted, Mm -hmm. which means that for things like Hunter and Elusive, it will still do those things because it's still ready. Right, I get what you're asking, yeah. But that, that in itself might not be a problem. It's like, this isn't this isn't trying to be an evade. This is giving you a different way of interacting with enemies that are... You get the enemy off you, which is one of the things an evade does, but you don't get the exhausting. And so obviously this card would need to add something else because otherwise if you disengage from each enemy... Uh, di- disengaged an enemy from each investigator, it would then immediately re-engage unless you added some kind of kicker, yeah. which is the gaining aloof. Okay. The other vector that this is acting on is that it's allowing you to test willpower to do that yeah. and it's allowing you to target their printed health which my assumption would be is normally at least the same as the evade value if not higher yeah there might be some examples of say a whippoorwill which is already aloof where it's one health and and four evade something ghastly yeah or i guess say like an acolyte is one health two evade so it makes it slightly easier and allows you to test a slightly different And the thing. other thing is it, I think what we'll come to as we go through the faction is building up a, like a picture of what else keys off parlay. Yeah. Which we'll need to assess as a kind of, as, as a holistic view. Yeah. Maybe when we've got yeah. a better idea of what the pool's like. But also this isn't an evade. That matters for some things. Yeah. So alert, for instance, or yeah, what's it called? Frozen in fear. Yes. Yeah. Correct. It's an extra action for Alessandra. Obviously, fine clothes give you a boost for it. Yeah. Yeah. So mu- fighting you can use with it. Yeah. yeah. Much like turning an evade check into a willpower check, this turns an evade action into a parlay action, and that will have implications. I guess it's in the the class that historically has the worst willpower, but that's not to say that you're not thinking about this in then places where there is high willpower, like a Seth or a Dexter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. potentially. Alessandra has three willpower, so yes, it's not as good as her four agility, but it's not bad. I want to keep an eye on it. I think what you've just said is the crux of the parlay thing. The yep. point about parlay in a way is it's been up to this point a pretty vaguely defined action type. Mm-hmm. It has a power, which is that it doesn't trigger attacks of opportunities, but then beyond that, it's been quite vague. And seeing how it's fleshed out across these cards will be really interesting. Next is me, and we have the British Bulldog. This is a three-cost asset. It's a picture of a gun, in case you're wondering if it's a bulldog. Did you used to play British? British Bulldog. Did you used to play it at yeah. school? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
was banned in our school, in primary school. I imagine it got banned in our school at some point as well. Three cost asset, combat and agility icons. Item, weapon, firearm, illicit. So Preston can't take it. Uses three ammo. Action, spend one ammo, fight. You may use agility instead of combat for this attack. This attack deals plus one damage. So straight away I'm interested. Reaction, after you fail a skill test while parlaying with an enemy, put British Bulldog into play from your hand. Takes up a hand slot. Wow. No skill boost. Sort no of, boost, yeah. but it yeah. uses agility, which is often, it's like a pseudo skill boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Kaimani, this is a plus three. For yeah. <laughs> Winnie, it's a plus two. Yeah. And and a flat plus one damage, which is nice. I like yeah, the theme. That's why I was, said I was interested. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. the theme where you're like, you're trying to blackmail someone. It's like, ah, I've got this information on you. are like, well, I don't care. Oh, yeah? Well, how about this? Bang! Pull out a gun. Yeah. And you put it into play, does that mean it comes into play for free? It's not play British Bulldog Ooh, from your hand. Good question. Don't know. Put into play. Some card abilities cause a card to be put into play. Such abilities place the card directly into play from an out-of-play state. The resource cost of a card being put into play is not paid in bold. This wow. is actually in the original rules. <laughs> Great that we, <laughs> we're so on it. Oh, this this could be a good time for me to say... We're trying to go fast and loose with our takes. So if we miss things, if we get things wrong, I know some people out there will want to let us know, but give us the benefit of the doubt. We're yeah. just trying to dive in and process a lot of cards in in a short space of time. Are we back on the record now, Frank? Are you back on the record? Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so for the listener, we spent a good 45 minutes uh, talking <laughs> about rules there. So I don't know yeah. how much of that yeah. will have made it into the edit. But what we've determined is... Big rules refresher. <laughs> yeah. Started from this is Arkham Horror, the card game. These yeah. are cards. How do you play? Yeah. <laughs> what we've determined is if you fail a skill test while parlaying, you, you put this into play without paying the cost. And I really like this weapon. You changed you, That's not what you said 45 minutes ago, Frank. <laughs> and the idea that you could also get a zero cost, plus one damage three times weapon where you can pick which thing you use is really tasty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite this extreme, but it almost makes me want to evaluate all parlay cards based on how easy is it to fail <laughs> them. My bulldog in the play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the situation. We do the Bianca de Katz situation where you do test agility five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking Tank, the second five that. resources yeah. and you're like, yeah, I'm tanking that test. She comes out with her knife. <laughs> Boom. And you're like, you have a knife. I have a gun. Let's go. I brought a bulldog to a knife fight. And similarly, your what I just said about blackmail file, fifty minutes ago or so now, it's a willpower check in rogue. It, obviously, you're not running this card, so you can fail willpower checks. But also, yeah. what if <laughs> <laughs> you fail trying to blackmail them? So out comes the, the British bulldog. That's cool. And uh, yeah, no, I, I I think in that light, I quite like it. Uh, it's obviously yeah. specific to someone who's running enough parlay for it to make a difference. Yeah, but, and you're in a weird position where. You want to tank a parlay test, yeah. So you might be in that situation where you're you're like you're not pushing to pass, but you don't mind passing. the The other thing is, in that same situation, because it's a lost action, if you have this in hand and you want this out, your options are play this for three resources and get hit by the enemy. Yeah. Or if you've got a way of taking a parlay, fail a parlay which doesn't get you hit, and gets you this out for free. Yeah. And it's the same one action spent. Yeah. So, yeah, you just need the 
the critical mass of parlay options to be able to do that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sold. I'm excited about it. <laughs> okay, should we move cool. on? Let's move on, yeah. Is it me next? It is, yeah. We have got... We've been so long talking that you've forgotten <laughs> the order. Forgot we're recording. Fake credentials. This is a three-cost asset with one intellect icon, and it has the item and illicit traits. Action. Choose an enemy or location and exhaust fake credentials. Parlay. Test one intellect. This test gets plus one difficulty for each suspicion on fake credentials. If you succeed, discover one clue your location and place one resource on fake credentials as suspicion. If you fail, you must either discard fake credentials or the chosen enemy attacks you. So, if you succeed, this is similar to Blackmail File in that it's uh, turning an investigate into a parlay action, basically. Mm -hmm. And every time you've done it, the suspicion goes up, which makes it harder. Yeah, And then you keep doing it and then you discard this and then you play your British Bulldog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, the fake credentials aren't working. Out comes the British Bulldog. So this card was announced by Optimal Play. Mm-hmm. I think the the crux of it, as you're saying, is the turning of certain action types into other action types. Yeah. And I guess a bigger picture thing I felt during the preview season is some of the parlay cards are quite wordy. Yes. And part of that is I think the rules text behind parlay is having to do quite a lot of heavy lifting, or or there's not enough rules text to make it straightforward. And that's partly because we've had parlays where you're parlaying someone in a scenario and it's a specific thing, like talking to Jazz Mulligan or talking to people at a party in the last game. And then you've also got the player card parlays, which are often about picking an enemy at your location. Mm-hmm. In a way, it would be it would work better if those were two separate abilities and yeah. that the parlay for player cards required there to be an enemy at your location because then this card would just read action, exhaust fake credentials parlay and you'd save a bit of space yeah so i think that's worth bearing in mind that parlay at the moment it requires quite a lot of words just to get it to do what it needs to be done and as you said if it's trying to take the place of other actions it needs the the kind of the fill-in of okay well this is actually evade or okay well this is actually investigate i reckon if we play with these cards enough it'll become second nature but they're slightly for me falling into the trish problem that you have of like hang on how does it work How does again? This work again? <laughs> yeah. I feel personally attacked by that. Yeah. <laughs> it is Trish and the art as well, which is pretty cool. My gut feeling on this, by the way, is that it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Because I think you get a handful of clues out of this at most. And I don't see yeah. much like secondary use for it. I think like reliably. So you get one clue, it's difficulty two. You get two clues, it's difficulty three. You get three clues, it's difficulty four at that point yeah so you need to at that point once you've got three clues it needs to be very the benefits you're getting from parlay need to be pretty weighty that's what i'm trying to say yeah i'd counter that with this does ignore the shroud value on your location entirely as long as it's an enemy absolutely it does so and with fine clothes those tests that you just described are actually test zero, test one. Well, actually, this test is this is a two. classic fallacy, Frank. Like, yeah. You should be including that in your analysis of fine clothes, which I seem to remember you absolutely slated at the time. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what we said about that card. As, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, no let's I, wait and see. I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Like you, you there, there is a use case of this, which is I've got a five shroud and a four shroud location to get clues off. So yeah. I will not use it until I get to those locations and I get one clue off a five shroud location with a one difficulty test. Mm. And then I mm. get another I've got a two difficulty Which test. Which is the re- re- to get research a notes four. situation. Exactly. We saw how yeah. good research notes is. This is obviously slightly different that you can't smash the test and get a clue, you know, multiple clues in a in one go. I think basically fake credentials falls into this really tricky balancing point, which is probably why you don't like the cost of it. Yeah. If this was going to be getting you steady clues all the time, it's probably correctly costed. If you're going to use this to break certain scenarios by avoiding challenging locations, it's probably correctly costed. But if you're just going to use this to slowly accumulate clues, it's too expensive. Yeah. And it's trying to fit in, you know, because for the same cost, you could get a lockpicks. Yeah, yeah. And in theory, be passing all of those different situations even when there's not an enemy there and of course you need an enemy around as well with this so that's kind of tricksy worth noting actually at this point let's just touch on alessandra zorzi's signature card which she has three copies of which is beguile yeah it's a two cost event you attach it to a non-elite enemy at your location and then it has action parlay either move the attached enemy to a revealed connecting location or perform a basic investigate or evade action at its location. If you fail a skill test while resolving this ability, discard Beguile. You may activate this ability from any location. So essentially the reason I'm mentioning it is you can put Beguile on enemies and move them with you as needed. And then as you're then doing parlaying, you're not being hit by those enemies because you're carrying them around with you. Mm -hmm. And so she has an inbuilt way of essentially enabling some of the the challenges of parlay, which is that you need an enemy with you. <laughs> Again, do you like flub the Bianca test early so that Bianca de Katz comes out and immediately beguile her and then B- Bianca comes around with you as your pocket enemy that turns on all of your parlay, maybe? Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of cool. So next we have the Fox Mask. What did this the Fox was, Mask? This was announced by Reddit. Nice. One cost asset, subtitled The Wise Trickster. Intellect and agility icons, item charm mask, limit one mask per investigator, uses two offerings. Replenish one of these offerings after you move out of a location with an enemy. And free trigger, spend one offering, plus two intellect or plus two agility for this skill test, limit once per test. I don't think much changes uh, in our analysis of this than what we said about the mouse mask last week. Yeah that it's a perception or uh, an Emmanuel Dex, yeah. which sometimes gets refreshed. <laughs> I think the ability to replenish one of these offerings after you move out of a location with an enemy works really it's nice. It's less likely to run out than the yeah. mouse mask. Yeah, The pair, yes it is, and the pair of stats it boosts are really nice for some investigators. So obviously you yeah. go to like Trish and Finn who are doing investigating and evading. Yeah, and are also evading enemies and leaving them, in, leaving them in locations and moving away from them. Yeah, yeah, feels really nice in those. And I, I chuck in Kaimani into that one as well, mm-hmm. and I think Alessandra as well. They're her two stats. Maybe Winnie as well. Like it's the Streetwise boosts, and I'm a big Streetwise fan. Yeah, 
It's pretty cool. Okay, should we move on? Yes, let's move on. So we have Scrimshaw Charm from Distant Shores. This is a one-cost asset, and it has a willpower icon, and it has item, charm, and cursed traits, which opens it up for both Amina and for Kahaku. Nice. We have an action ability. Add one to three. One between one and three. No. Inclusive. One, two, three. One, two, three. Curse tokens to the Chaos Bag and exhaust Scrimshaw Charm. Gain one resource. For each token added, gain one additional resource. It uses the accessory slot. Let faith oust fact. Let fancy oust memory. I look deep down and do believe. That's Herman Melville in Moby Dick. The art is really cool. Yeah, I quite like the art. It's like a sort of drawing on what looks like, I don't know, a hide or something like that. It's Mm. pretty, pretty awesome. So you could spend an action to add two curses to, to add one curse to the chaos bag and gain two resources, or two for three resources, or three for four resources. Mm-hmm. You've spent a resource and your accessory slot and an action just to get this into play. Mm-hmm. I guess the immediate comparison is Faustian Bargain, which is two curses for five resources and only an action. Mm. But of course, the charm here you can keep using it and keep generating resources until. You have to start drawing some of those curse tokens back out of the bag because you can't obviously do this if you can't add those curses to the bag. Oh, and this was uh, announced by Arkham and the Ether on Instagram. Oh, nice. Okay. Would you like my hot take on this? So to me, Faustian Bargain feels like a card you play if you want money and you put it with the curses. This Mm. kind of feels like the reverse. You want to put curses in the bag, but you get money at the same time. It's like a drip econ for when you're adding curses. And I yeah. think we talked extensively on the Kahaku episode about builds where you put in small numbers of tokens and use those to balance out the other tokens you're adding in or take those yeah. tokens straight back out again. So if you are triggering abilities off drawing curses, Scrimshaw Charm puts a curse in the bag, you draw that straight back out, but you've gained two resources in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw when we looked at control variable in the Seeker episode, it's like you need that critical mass of curses in the bag. So you might be using the Scrimshaw charm to stay between, say, four and six curses in the bag. Mm-hmm. And exactly, I think your assessment is spot on. I really like it. Don't run this as an economy card. The The resources is the reward for using this as a curse card. Yeah. There'll be scenarios where you can make hella money out of this. But there are still more efficient ways of making money out of rogue cards. Like, rogue is the resource faction, obviously. So you've got to have value out of the curses. Okay, shall I carry on? Yeah. Next we have another card we've not seen before. This is our first event. It's Bank Job. Two-cost event. Intellect, combat and agility icons. Gambit, double and illicit. As an additional cost to play Bank Job, spend an action. Investigate at your location, gain a total of eight resources distributed as you wish no name skids sorry finn (laughs) (laughs) it was actually a netrunner card called bank job which yeah there was wasn't there it was one cost it was essentially two actions for eight resources as well yeah you played it you ran on a server right and And instead of accessing cards you got the resources yeah and there was eight you came into play with eight resources on it nice yeah i remember that one thing we didn't say when we looked at a couple of doubles in our Seeker first look is, or didn't say it enough, I think, is the challenge with doubles 
is that second action. Mm. And the only real comparison point we have sort of regularly is the two action weaknesses. And if you think of all the times when you might want to clear a two action weakness and how much of a tempo hit that feels, where it's, you know, that last action you're left with is so little to get things done. Mm -hmm. And that's the big challenge, I think, with doubles is feeling like you have enough space in the scenario to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Doubles in Rogue gets me a little bit excited because obviously you want things to spend all your extra actions on. Yeah. How about bank job though, Peter? Any any feelings? I think I like it. Two, uh, I mean, a few things spring to mind. It's illicit econ, which is nice. And this feels uh, as an additional cost. So with fence, it would become one action one to play because it's fast, mm-hmm. but there's additional cost. Yeah. And then with two fences, obviously it's one for eight and one action. That feels really yeah. nice. Like if you're yeah. playing a fence, if you're playing an illicit deck, if you've got fences in your deck, yeah, yeah. great. In itself, I think I like it. If if I was going to play, it's it's the same as playing two emergency cash. Really, yeah. you're spending two actions and you're gaining six resources, but it's one card to do that. Yes, that's always nicer. And you've got the option of spreading some around your team, which you don't have mm. with emergency cash. Part of what you're paying for with the double is the fact that you can either take all eight for yourself or spread it out. Yeah. Which is the same as, was it Thorough Inquiry? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I think I like it in, you sometimes get in a situation in like a, a in a well-connected deck. Mm. If you're playing a Preston or a Rich Jenny or something like that, where you, you do need cash, you need a lot of cash quickly. Yeah. So potentially this isn't bad then. Like you, you are your actions are useless until you've built your cash back up and your one well-connected proc a turn um, hasn't happened yet. So yeah, you play this... It's part of the power of the unscrupulous loan, isn't it? To yes, exactly, get, yeah. Get that stack of cash in so that then you can start using well-connected and those other things that key off how much money you have. So that's all... I think that's all nice. The, the question, yeah. I guess, is if you can run Faustian Bargain, do you run this? Is six resources yeah. for two actions better than five resources for for one action, but which mm. also gives you two curses? I wonder if we see any double support of any kind. For, for would you would you compare this to a single Faustian bargain? Five, I suppose so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you play Faustian bargain and then you spend an action to take a resource. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've got you've got six resources and you don't yeah. have to spend the action to take the resource. Yeah. Also, this as this is illicit, Preston unfortunately can't take it. Not oh, that course, I think you were yeah. saying that. Yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot. So yeah. thank you for pointing that out. could take the Faust, Faustian bargain. Yeah. I guess we're at the stage of the game where, this sounds like a cop-out, it's not meant as one, <laughs> where it's not about what's better, it's about different. Yeah. I guess I would be inclined to look at this if, if I was in a higher action count rogue. Mm-hmm. And where I'd maybe go, well, you know, I can avoid the curses then, actually. And playing a bank drop doesn't feel like as big a tempo hit. That That's where I'd be looking at. You do, in, in a payday is illicit, isn't it? Yeah. Payday is a bit of a faff, though, and it's an XP. Yeah. Is there another fated, illicit isn't it? Is it called fated that ends your turn? Yeah. Yeah, the opposite of bold. Is there, an, is there another illicit econ card? I've just got a easy, is easy mark illicit, but... No, I don't think Easy Mark's illicit. I don't think so, anyway. Hey, Mark. It's just a trick. 
I think I think the angle is that it's a great card for a fence to help you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to revisit that fence illicit style. Super yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, should we move on? Yeah. Uh, mm. Okay, we've got one cost. Uh, sorry, this is Fault Surrender. This is a one cost event. It has a willpower and an intellect pip, and it has the tactic and trick traits. Parlay. Choose an enemy at your location and play a weapon asset from your hand, reducing its cost by one. You may then take a fight action with that weapon against the chosen enemy using agility instead of the skill indicated. You'd have made a pretty good cowboy. So the, the art and the, the text uh, a reference, obviously, to Die Hard. Yeah. It, it's almost a meta reference now that, that that reference has happened so many times. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. It's a reference to a fact there there are references. But it's nice art actually, I quite like it. Yeah, it's good. So you pick an enemy, you get to play a weapon at one cost, but you're paying one cost for this, so play a weapon at evens. So you could just be using this card as a way of getting a weapon out without being hit. Mm-hmm. And then it also compresses that playing that that the weapon action into you get a fight action. And it's not a may using agility. So your kind of fast draw of the false surrender means you get to fight with agility. Yeah. Which means that someone like Tony is probably not that interested in carrying on with the fight action. Mm-hmm. But any of the high agility characters we've mentioned already might be more inclined to say, oh, yes, please. In Alessandra, it's a free action as well, which yeah. is kind of nice. And she gets a free play and a free fight which is you're starting to get serious compression. The two actions you've saved you could use on a bank job. What we haven't said is that Strength in Numbers previewed this card. Good point, yeah. So obviously go and check out what they have to say about it. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's in a way it's giving a weapon fast, isn't it? Yeah. But, but it's not giving it fast because you're spending an action to do it. Yeah, in but you a way, get it's a l- free fight l- action. Yeah, the free fight, yeah. yeah. The, I guess the... the crux of this card is for those investigators that like the fact that you could fight using agility do they also then want to use their combat on whatever weapon it is they've played or are they playing a weapon like say the ornate bow that they're then going to keep fighting with agility or if you're someone who's using combat to fight like tony as i mentioned you probably don't care about using agility for the first attack. Mm. It falls into that tricky place with Rogue about do you try and use both combat and agility or do you pick one? Are you running like a sharpshooter and turning all of your combats into agilities? And I guess it comes all the way back to Skids and Skids being off-class Guardian and in theory being able to boost combat but also then boosting agility and which do you use? And, yeah, it falls into that tricky place for me, basically. Too many questions, not enough answers. Yeah. Should we move on? Let's move on. So this is Grift. This yes. was previewed by Los Archivos de Arkham. Good guys. Great guys. It's a zero-cost event. Intellect and agility icons. Trick and illicit traded. Parlay. Choose an enemy at your location and test agility zero. For each point you succeeded by... Gain one resource to a maximum of six. If you fail, that enemy attacks you. Look, a dumb bird. I don't see a bird. I do. Maybe this is what I was thinking of when I said I thought there might be another illicit econ card. Bingo, yeah. I don't know. Maybe my distaste for cards like this is, is well known, or maybe it isn't. I don't like tests on my econ cards. Yeah. 
I'm maybe a bit cool on this. I think, yeah, I think I'm just a bit cool on this. <laughs> mm. How much? How much do you put into that test? Yeah. If you're a Kaimani on agility five or a Winnie, you just do five on zero, and do you get three resources? You pull a minus two, maybe, mm. but there's the possibility that you get no resources. And the possibility you get six, but it's variable. That's the issue. Yeah. And you can only do that if there's an enemy. So you draw this in your opening hand and you, you're not like, great, I'll play this econ card right now when there's no issues. It's like, okay, I have to wait. It's a, it's a tricksy one. It plays into, like, the, I'm sure there's going to be a fun Alessandra deck out there with this in it. And I think fun is the word. Like this mm -hmm. range of parlay cards that love having enemies around, but it's such a different style from what we're used to, generally speaking. And I'm yeah, I'm curious to see it, but I don't know yet if it's strong. I mean, I I think yeah, what what we said about uh, false credentials and blackmail file are apply here as well. It's it's an econ yeah. card that uses parlay, so everything that triggers off parlay, you know, that goes along with this card as well. So there is a bigger picture there. Yeah. I'm going to raise a slightly... You're going to dismiss this as a very frank point, but I think it's a point that matters. The templating on this card is slightly odd. Mm -hmm. It says for each point you succeeded by, and if you failed. Yeah. And actually for skill tests, it should say for each point you succeed by, and if you fail, the enemy attacks you. Mm. And it's using this different tense. And I've, like you're going to say, oh, that's that's the kind of thing that I would be a nerd <laughs> about. And actually, if we go back to fake credentials, there's a typo. They it says if you succeed. Oh no! Doesn't, way. <laughs> doesn't, yeah, yeah, it doesn't even say succeed. I've I've actually fed it back to FFG. Yeah. Because I like personally, I feel like this stuff matters, and we're at this point of the game where it's no longer Maxine designing it, mm. and there's obviously a lot of rule stuff that was just second nature to Maxine and isn't second nature to all the new designers. Yeah. But also the stuff like if we start changing it that now for each point it needs to be past tense you succeeded by that at the moment it, I don't think it has an issue mm -hmm. but words matter. Obviously I'm involved in like the Arkham DB FAQs and the rules questions and that side of the game and I wouldn't call myself a rules guru but to any degree but yeah it leaves me I guess a little bit unsettled like, mm -hmm. who read this card and why did no one say, oh, it's succeed, it's fail, it's not failed? It's interesting. Like the, the precedent on card text wording is a big thing, right? I, in yeah. fact, there was, yeah. a, there was a rules discussion uh, on a Warhammer server I'm in, and mm -hmm. it was easy to point to other abilities worded in the exact same way and say, well, we know how they work. That indicates how this works. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I think yeah, yeah words matter, Frank. You're a man there's, of words and, as well, yeah, and numbers, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. words, <laughs> words and there's not much we can do about it now. It's printed. That's no. what it says. But yeah, it's irksome. Should we move on? Yes. Is it? Who is it? I've forgotten who it is. It's Me. It's you. Uh, oh, we've got a quote name and every letter's capitalized. Unlike like like the card we looked at last week. <laughs> I'm doing my sideshow Bob grimace. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'll Pay You Back. It is a zero-cost event. It has a willpower and uh, an agility icon. And it has the gambit and trick traits. Fast. Play only during your turn. Choose another investigator at your location. Move all resources from that investigator's resource pool to your resource pool. At the end of the round, 
move all resources from your resource pool to that investigator's resource pool. So you all resources from your resource pool to that investigator's resource mm. pool. So you, mm-hmm. you move all their money to you first to borrow, spend it all, yeah. and then don't send anything back. Or also someone who's struggling for resources, you move zero from their pool to you, yeah. and at the end of the round you give all of yours. Yes. Both are possible. Yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of niche one, this. Mm. It might be really useful in some situations. I can picture a situation where a guardian is struggling for resources. It's one of the ways that guardians can be hit. And being able to send them more resources is no bad thing. Mm-hmm. You also, because you can play it only during your turn, you can do it after they've taken their turn. So they definitely won't need resources that round. Yeah. And you can then do things with it. There's also like a niche if they're going to be hit by paranoia. Yeah. Or that's, that's any other effects yeah. that are going to force <laughs> them to lose resources at the end of their turn. You take the resources off them. They don't lose them. And then you give them back at the end. Yeah. It's got Bob in the art. That's yes. Bob on the right. Yeah. Is that Preston on the well, left? Well, I thought that was Preston as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the, so he's got the wee moustache. There's there's some kind of playfulness there around Bob and the way Bob makes money and sells things and sells things to people and like potentially does Bob take resources off someone and then use those resources to give them items and make money from items as well and then <laughs> you know something like that. But yeah, I don't really see a place for it that jumps out. I guess it's a nice to have rather than a must have card. Yeah, yeah. Should we move on? Yeah, let's. Next is stir the pot. This is one we've not seen before. Three cost event. Willpower and intellect icons. Some people yelling. It's trick and a gambit. Parlay. What, what, hang on, hang on. The previous card is gambit and trick, and this one's trick and gambit. Don't get me started. Parlay. Don't <laughs> get me started. Have we not seen this card, or have we? It feels so familiar. It does. I have recognise we... it as well. Maybe is there's there a leveled... Oh, there's oh, a leveled up one we've right, seen. We go, yeah. yeah. Choose an enemy at your location and test intellect X where X is the chosen enemy's combined damage and horror values. <laughs> if you succeed, deal two damage to each enemy at your location. Oof. If you succeed by two or more, after this effect resolves, you may disengage from each enemy and move to a connecting location. He did say something about your hair. <laughs> That's quite funny because one of the people in the... Uh, is he bald or is he... Yeah, yeah. I can't quite tell from the art. No, I, maybe he's got very fair Bald hair. or grey. Uh, this, this seems quite nice. Choose an enemy or location, test intellect X, where X is the chosen enemy's combined damage and horror values. If you succeed, deal two damage to each enemy at your location. So you don't have to pick the enemy with the highest combined yeah. damage and horror you've values. Got, you've got a whippoorwill that only hits for a damage and a horror, or even a, an acolyte that only hits for a damage. damage You're like, okay, or difficulty a rat. one. Yeah, which is, yeah. If you succeed by two or more after this effect results, you may disengage from each enemy and move to a connecting location, which is just a nice so thing on a cake. It's like a dynamite blast and an elusive. Yeah, yeah. Which we all know is an awesome combo. <laughs> and for for uh, four resources cheaper. <laughs> and with no damage, uh, no risk of... Hurting your friends, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like this. Or yourself. So let's be cheeky here and look at the level five version to remind ourselves. Yeah. So that's still three costs, but it's five XP. Mm-hmm. It's still the same picking an enemy and testing intellect x but it says if you succeed deal x damage to each enemy at your location so if you chose that rats you only only deal one one damage to all so it incentivizes you to pick at least a difficulty three to do three damage because otherwise you may as well be using the 
level zero. You get the bonus end effect as well, so which is you. And the end effect doesn't care by how much you succeed by. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and the flavor text uh, carries on. And I heard he called you stupid too. That's quite good. <laughs> That's really nice. That's really nice. So yeah, I, I really like the level zero. I think the level zero one's really nice. Yeah, I can't think of many other, if any, mass enemy damage cards in Rogue, like Storm of Spirits, Dynamite Blast. Yeah, Storm of Spirits is the good comparison. Both three costs. There's probably a couple of others that that do something similar. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Is there? Any- is there any in Rogue? I can't think of any. If there are, it must be very rarely played because it's not coming to mind as a, yeah, that's the go-to. I think it's... Your sneak it's... attacks, your backstabs, your cheap shots. These are the kind of Rogue events that mm. deal damage. Yeah. I really like it. I really yeah, like I it. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, really nice. It's trick, so Rita can take it as well. You wanna... uh, her intellect's only two, though, unfortunately. You want to follow this up with um, Let God Sort Out, whatever it's called. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, if you've... Yeah, let God sort them out. Yeah, you get three enemies. It's because it's six health on that. Yeah. You, you stir the pot and then God, <laughs> God handles the rest. Yeah. Nice. Nice. There's got to be a good deck name in that. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> really fun card. Move on. Last three. Bro, we got Vamp. One cost event, single wild icon, and it's a trick. Parlay. Choose an enemy at your location and test any skill. Difficulty three. If you succeed and you tested willpower, remove a doom from the enemy. Intellect, discover a clue at your location. Agility, automatically evade the enemy. If it is non-elite, move it to a connecting location. Or combat, deal two damage to that enemy. Okay, yeah. This was announced by Arkham Horror LCG.ru, the Russian Arkham Horror LCG spot. We have had an upgraded version announced as well by Northern Lights over Arkham. Or maybe we look at that when we do the upgraded version. Yes. To, I'm thinking about the length of this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah, this is um, the these kinds of cards. The challenge is, this is the Dark Horse Fallacy. Yes. The challenge is it gives you a suite of options, but most investigators don't have good enough stats to make use of all of those options. So yeah. similarly with Dark Horse, you go broke, you boost all of your stats, but are you using all of your stats? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. It's like a plus one, basically, Dark Horse, not plus four. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe plus two if you're in investigating and fighting, but probably plus one. And I guess this falls into the same category of you've got this card in your deck, you can use it to remove Doom, get clues, evade and move non-elite enemies, or deal damage to enemies. Mm-hmm. But do you have the stats to allow you to do all of those things? Mm-hmm. And if not, are you actually only picking, say two that you're leaning into so as alessandra you could probably pass the intellect or the uh, the agility tests Mm -hmm. so this is a one cost card actionless for her that either gets you a clue or gives you an auto evade that's that's fine that's decent enough yeah similarly like in ceph you get an auto evade or a a remover doom but i guess it's about like picking and choosing and it makes me think maybe jenny or winnie who have sort of relatively like Winnie, you know, has three intellect, three combat. You're maybe wanting more options out of it. And you can yeah. stick icons in. Do you want my hot take? I think this is very much an uh, Alessandro card. Alessandra mm-hmm. card. Yeah. Sorry, I keep doing that. I think it does. There's, there's a. You get quite a few investigators who have either an action or a pseudo action additional to take in a turn. Daisy, a very great example of this. An extra mm-hmm. action to use a tome. 
the difficulty with those investigators is always how do you maximise the number of actions? How applicable are those additional actions? In what circumstances can I apply them to the game? If you run Daisy without any tomes, you never get to use her extra action. (laughs) If you run Daisy with like... Solo Carson. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Solo Carson. If you run Daisy with just Old Book of Law... If you, you don't need any cards, <laughs> you know, that, that that use of an action is not that um, flexible. It's not broad. Yeah. The more types of book you have, term you have with Daisy, the, the more, um, the better you can apply her actions. So you start to look at, can tomes allow you to move? Can they allow you to do damage? Can they do this, that, and the other? So, yeah. so Vamp yeah. is a way of applying Alessandra's additional action in an effective way. Because this is a very flexible card. I mean, the three you're going to be looking at most of the time are a clue, an agility, or uh, sorry, an evade or a damage. Mm-hmm. And it stays in your hand until you don't have a turn in which you can apply one of your other parlay cards. And you yeah. say, okay, cool. Well, I can use that additional action this turn. I wouldn't be able to use it otherwise. Develop. And I can yeah. I can find a clue. Even if it's not like an ideal way of finding a clue. Even if mm-hmm. maybe the three difficulty is higher than the shroud of the location, you're st- yeah. you still think, cool, well, I would waste that action otherwise. Here's a way of using yeah. that effectively. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I'd add to that, actually, as you were describing that, one of the issues with keeping enemies around is keeping enemies with doom on them. And a parlay deck, if you want to beguile an acolyte or a- another cultist that has doom on it, you're in a really tricky spot mm-hmm. where at some point you're going to need to kill it off. But if you had a way like a handcuffs of removing doom from an enemy and it not coming back, suddenly that enemy is a pocket enemy that turns on a load of your other parlay stuff. So I I can see a situation in which maybe you're running Moxie in Alessandra to boost your willpower as well, and you might want the ability on Vamp to remove doom. Yeah. A plus plus assessment, Peter loved it. Be interesting to see if this sneaks out anywhere else. Should we move on? Yeah. So we're going to end with two skills. Nice. So now we have Diabolical Luck. It is what looks like Jack running from something horrific, has a single wild icon, Fortune and Cursed, so Rex can't take it and Kohaku can. (laughs) When you reveal a curse token during a skill test you're performing, you may commit Diabolical Luck to that skill test from your hand. If you do... Diabolical Luck gains three wild icons, so a total of four. Shoggoths. Why did it have to be Shoggoths? <laughs> nice. Okay, this is like control variable, essentially. You're waiting for that curse token mm-hmm. to come up. It's relying on you to have the curse token, though. You can't fire it across at a, someone else pulling a curse, unfortunately. If you wait for that option you basically get rid of the minus two of the curse modifier and give yourself a plus two. What's that rogue skill called in Innsmouth that does that's a bit like this? Skeptic. Skeptic is one XP. No, skeptic is so bad. <laughs> During the skill test, treat the modifier of each bless and each curse as a plus one instead of its normal modifier. This just feels like skeptic, but better. If if the I just don't know why you would play skeptic. Especially now you can get this. Like, sorry to skeptics. So sorry to all skeptic fans. I'm probably missing like lots of good use cases of it. But but if if what you want is a skill card that 
cancels out the negative effect of a curse. Like this is this is great. It's also really cool yeah. art as well. I like the art. I, so th- there's a situation in which skeptic is better, which yes. is that you end up drawing seven or eight curses in a test, or even two. <laughs> yeah, skeptic treats all of their minus twos as plus ones. So you get. So, so if you draw two curses, skeptic's giving you three icons, and Diab- diabolical luck is giving you zero icons in that situation. Yeah. The difference, obviously, is that Skeptic you put in before you know you've drawn them. Diabolical luck you keep in hand. And you've paid an XP for Skeptic as well, obviously. Yeah, I like... I mean, I think that's a much more rare situation and more likely to backfire. Mm. Whereas Diabolical luck only fires if you need it, which is one of the reasons why I like it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like it. It's... it's, I just got it. It's like lucky. Because <laughs> um, it stays <laughs> oh. in your card. Diabolical look. It's also fortune and cursed treated. It changes who can take it. Yeah, I said it can't, can't be Rex, can be Kahala. Skeptic be. is practiced as well, incidentally. So you could practice makes Ooh. perfect skeptic if you wanted to. To be repeatedly skeptic. Like, I guess, I guess the, the argument is you can use skeptic if you're going to manipulate the bag such that you know curse at least one curse token is going to come out. Yeah. So maybe in Kahaku, although obviously he can't take it, in Kahaku you could be using Book of Living Wonders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever it's called. Cool back to last week. (laughs) I bet you thought I've forgotten. You can use that to... to, to I know you've forgotten the name of the card. (laughs) (laughs) You can use that to make yourself draw curses. So skeptic in that situation, you could say, "I am going to draw a bless." Uh, well, a curse. Okay, yeah, and Kahaku can do that for other people. So, anyway, I like diabolical luck. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, of course, and he looks like Indiana Jones as well. So that's why yeah. the, the flavor text. And my final point is, it's like the perfect Faustian bargain mitigator. Mm-hmm. Yes. You put in a couple of curses. Your game plan, generally speaking, is I'm just going to pretend those curses aren't in there, and I should be all right. And that's a a good game plan at low curse count in the chaos bag and having something like this mitigating that in your hand is great and if you're getting to the last turn of the game and either you've seen the curses already when you didn't have diabolical luck or you just don't care you can put this in for plus ones to finish off the scenario or you can hold it in your hand as a sleeper and if there's that vital backstab or stir the pot test that you don't want screwed by a curse you've got this to mitigate it Right, bring us home, Peter. What's our last Bro, card? We've got Lightfooted. I used to have a teacher called Mr. Lightfoot. Mm. This is a skill card with a single agility icon, and it has practiced and trick traits. If this skill test is successful during an evasion attempt, you may automatically evade another enemy at your location. I never Ooh. ran from anything like that devil tonight, though. I hope I never have to again. And that is Rita Young in Investigators of Arkham Horror. I believe that's here in the art as well. Amanda can take practiced skills up to level three, and Rita can take trick cards. Oh, nice. So she can take it. It would be a shame to have her on the card and on the flavor text and not have her able to take the card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it might be our first trick skill. So I imagine they've put that on there <laughs> to make sure she could take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Survival Instinct gives you a double evade as well, doesn't it? Um, right. At upgraded versions. Yeah. Survival Instinct Zero just allows it to move away. And Impromptu Barrier is yep. a classic uh, improvised card that gives you evade two creatures, two enemies. Yeah. I yep. don't know, like, it, it can be useful. I don't think it's very mm-hmm. useful. How many times are you evading multiple enemies at the same location? 
it's one of those cards where it's it's not useful until it's really useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a rescue card. We had that time that you came around to mine. We played Tommy and Patrice. We were playing um, Egypt, and I had a miserable time of it. Mm-hmm. And you like played Impromptu Barriers so many times to dig us out of trouble. That was it. Was vital. Oh yeah. It's a it's a when you're struggling card, and you you were saving the day repeatedly. I'd agree. What I like about this, Lightfooted in particular, is it doesn't need to be your evasion attempt, mm-hmm. and the other auto evade doesn't need to be on the person taking the evade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it... like that. It has the stunning blow bonus mm-hmm. of okay, I'll evade this enemy on me. And auto evade the thing on you, or I'll, if there are two enemies on me, I'll evade the easy one, and that auto evades the hard one, and that's really nice. So like, I can see it being a, a nice tech card where if your main role is evasion, you just get these extra pings from it. Yeah. You could run it in, say, Finn, mm-hmm. and use your extraction to evade two things. Is beautiful. Yeah. Or actually, in Trish. Yeah. If you're, Evade two things, then there's enemy at your location. To you like keeping things. an enemy around with Trish as well, so there could be situations yeah. where you you get another enemy and you've got you to kept one, and thoughts. then you get another. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost and 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 I know we don't like to speculate or mm-hmm. hype. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? Invent new <laughs> interpretations yeah. of card. Yeah. I'd almost like to see this as like two um, icons. <laughs> yeah, for an XP plus three damage. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not being silly, yeah. but I, I think. Making That's what survival it, instinct does. Yeah, yeah, it, it probably steals survival instinct's lunch at that point. I just think like it being a bit more generally useful as well. Yeah, even if it costs some XP, maybe it's two XP and it gets three icons. I don't know. Maybe that's not. Okay. Maybe it needs yeah, to do something interesting, else. Interesting. Like I just think like a little bit more general use makes a tech card like this really appealing. Yeah. The other thing I'd throw in then is I've had quite a lot of success with tech cards like this, like what's the I want to call it light footed, which it obviously isn't. Nimble. What's the Nimble, there we go, yeah. You, yeah, you Nimble's it. really good. Nimble, Hatchet Man, and then you've got things like Quick Thinking, Watch This, and particularly in Winnie, you want to put two cards into a test to get the draw. You're drawing lots of cards and having options so you could like do light-footed nimble for plus two, draw a card, double evade, and move away. That kind of style. I've yeah. not seen too many other people advocate for that. It's like a heavy skill style where you have this suite of skills that can morph to whatever situation you're in. Maybe a quick thinking's in there for an extra action, so on and so the forth. The difference is... I see it fitting into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, the difference... So Stunning Blow, I think, is quite a good comparison because mm-hmm. you know I love Stunning Blow. I think yeah. that's one of the best yes. cards in the game. I don't know if Lightfooted <laughs> is going to come out of this comparison well, right? <laughs> Go on. No, I'm, I'm I'm trying to be constructive. I think the the benefit of Stunning Blow and, and and Nimble to an extent is they they give you efficiency in another area alongside an efficient evade. This just gives you more evade. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I can. Yeah, fair, fair, a, fair. A fighter can't punch and then evade an enemy with Stunning Blow. They can. Yeah. You know, I can't evade and then move three, move three times for nothing. Nimble with nimble, I can. What I can yeah. do is evade one enemy and then evade another enemy. If yeah. I could evade one enemy, I can almost certainly evade another enemy. Obviously, there's plenty of complications on that, but that's what makes it niche. I don't mind it at all. I think it's it's yeah, it's yeah, nice. And that's I think spot in, on. 
if 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 you're potentially scenario dependent, <laughs> potentially deck dependent, I think it's quite a yeah. nice pick. And it's yeah. always nice to see practiced on a card as well, on a skill card. It is, yeah. I guess that what I'm taking from that is if the the ability that your skill card is giving you is just more of what you're already good at, that's less useful than if it's giving you another thing, whether that's yeah. a move from nimble, an evade from stunning blow, so on and so forth, an action from quick thinking. Yeah. Even then, like deduction and vicious blow are yeah. more useful because they're quantities which you need to progress through. Like you usually get more than one clue per location. Yeah. If you're playing I mean, the, multiplayer, yeah, like this did, is the, w- would would you take deduction level three in solo? Probably not. <laughs> level three, you just level created two, sorry, a new card. Two, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and this sums up perfectly that there isn't a deduction vicious blow evade card. Yeah. And could Lightfooted be it? Maybe. And the challenge we've often had is that you can't double evade an enemy really yeah, unless yeah. you do slip away slip or away, they yeah. don't don't ready. I mean, he, here's 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 the here's a conundrum for you. Then it, deduction level zero gets you an extra clue. Deduction level two gets you two extra clues. Vicious blow, one extra damage. Vicious blow level two, two extra damage. Light-footed, you evade an extra enemy. Does light-footed level two, you evade three enemies? Like, that's way less useful than... Two XP, yeah. Yeah, never never used, basically. I mean, if you, you know... Once, once every three scenarios, you're gonna be like, "I wish I had that like flooded yeah. level two because I've got three enemies on me." But it's not, it's not a reliable. You're not gonna reliably be able to make good use of it. Yeah, it's a great point. Thank you. Brought it home. <laughs> Here ends our first look of the rogue star landing level zero for Feast of Hemlock Vale Investigator expansion for players. We're not going to do our top picks, or are we? Last time we said we weren't, and then you immediately jumped in with a top um, pick. And I, I picked a top. Um, yeah. Probably something like Bank Job. Stir the pot for me. Stir Easy. the pot, yeah. I'd, I'll yeah. take Bank Job. I'd, I'd like to make a deck that where Bank Job works. Yeah, British Bulldog as well is cheeky. And let's not forget we started with Bianca, which was a wild way to start this yeah. preview. Yeah, uh, this, this first look rather. Okay, you can get in touch with us with Drawn to the Flame podcast on gmail.com. We're on social media. You can become a patron of the cast if you're already a patron. Thanks so much for your support. Keep listening because we've got lots more first looking to come. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.